Hey, y'all, just a quick heads up. The episode you're about to listen to is eight to 10 years old. Now, these episodes were intended to be evergreen, and I still believe there's a lot of good information in these early episodes, but I do want to let you know that some of my ideas have evolved over time. Times have changed since we made these episodes, and ultimately, I'd like to think I've grown a lot as an artist and a human and that these don't necessarily represent my best work or the best of the podcast. If you're new around here, I suggest starting with the most recent episode or at least go back to around 300 and move forward from there. Enjoy the episode. creative pep talk and uh boy have we got something special planned for today we have draplin on the episode this is a giant fulfillment of a dream for me i am so excited to share this conversation with you before we get any further and i preface the preface uh let me just start by saying you can find this show on illustrationage.com slash creative pep talk. It's a great website where you can find all kinds of illustration resources and more. So we got our first factor meals and I am pumped to tell you about them. First off, we absolutely love them. Delicious chef's kiss for the chef crafted dietitian approved meals that come straight to your door. I can definitely see how when deadlines are out of control or you're in a super busy season, how factor meals can lighten your load while still giving you options like veggie, vegan, and even low calorie. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can even pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Head to factormeals.com slash peptalk50 and use code peptalk50 to get 50% off. That's code peptalk50 at factormeals.com slash peptalk50 to get 50% off. Right now, just to give you a little sneak peek, I know that Thomas James over at Illustration Age is planning a massive, massive giveaway. So you're going to want to go follow Illustration Age on Facebook and look out for that. There, it's He's planning some crazy stuff. It's pretty awesome. And uh, so, yeah, get prepared for that. Okay, so today on the show... What we've got cooked up, it's a different type of show. I'm calling it Backstage with Draplin. It's not actually backstage at all. It was just a phone conversation that I had with uh, Aaron. And the reason I called it Backstage was because, first and foremost, he was going to a Foo Fighters gig that night where he was going to be backstage. 
And it actually just felt like a backstage talk because we had just a really vulnerable talk where it felt like he was giving some behind-the-scenes looks. He was just being really candid. And, you know, Draplin's known for being candid. But it just felt like a casual kind of look behind the scenes from his career. And, you know, he's talked a lot about that. But it was just a candid conversation. And I really enjoyed speaking with him. Thank you so much, Draplin, for being on the show. It means so much to me. You are honestly a major inspiration for the show. I remember the first time I heard a Draplin talk online and I spent the rest of day the day like in some kind of euphoria, just being so excited and inspired and just moved. And I, I appreciate what he does so much for our industry. I love the sincerity that he approaches his speaking gigs with. Uh, I love how down to earth he is, you know, not just in a Midwestern way, which he is, he has that Midwestern charm, but he's just so sincere. He really cares about other people and other people in the industry. And I, I just couldn't appreciate his contributions to our field any more than I do. Um, so thank you, Draplin, so much. Not to mention that he makes the best logos in the biz. You know, I, I am a big fan of the mid-century design and commercial art, and he is up there with the all-time greats as far as logo design is concerned. Um, and so, yeah, I was just super honored and really enjoyed having a chat with him. So what I'm going to do is... Just play you a few of the clips of Draplin sharing some wisdom, some design commercial art wisdom, and I'm going to stop it from time to time and just give some extra feedback and just round out the whole conversation. I called Draplin originally to talk about craft and you know honing your craft and getting better at that because he's so renowned for his craft, but we ended up talking about all kinds of different things. And so I thought I'd just take an opportunity to go with the flow and go with what um, great things he was bringing to the conversation and just center the whole episode around that. So so this first clip is just Draplin talking about hard work and basically doing whatever it takes to make a living. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, what, you know, okay. You know, it's like, um, I'm trying to be like delicate here because I don't want to like sound like I have it figured out and I don't want to sound like I've got it like some little formula or something, but you know, I don't know how hard, you know, do you need to work and how hard should you work? Um, just to make sure that you feel like you're doing the right thing. You know, that's where like, you know, like I, I, I'll look at stuff and just kind of be like, you know, like, first of all, you know, well, thank you for what you said, but it's like, it's like, you know, it takes work. Any of this stuff takes work. And there's, I have my own filter of like, ah, oh, could I have done a better job? Now that stuff will haunt, that will haunt me, you know, to the point where 
it's almost like a bit of a sickness, you know, where it's like I won't let it go until I feel like it's at a certain standard of where I did push myself or I felt like I, I surprised myself. And then that's the little buzz I get. That's the little buzz I get sort of in my, in my, on my tongue of like, it's ready. It's ready for the world, you know. So that takes work. That's just the long and the short of it. You know, this idea of like whatever it takes to make a living is just sort of like, you know, be open to the weird stuff, really. You know, be open to like every job, good, little, big, small, or whatever, is still good for the bottom line. You know, I just will always feel that way because that's not really what I was told sometimes. Uh, I was told that, you know, like um, I just saw people act in a different way. You know, like I'm not doing that work. I heard a lot of that, you know, and that just when you hear that, you know, you're just like, well, aren't you lucky to even be in that position? You know, I'm not going to do that. You know, and I was like, well, I never I still don't feel like I'm in that position to where I get to, like, be that choosy. Sure, things are getting better and better and better. But that scared me. You know, that just scared me because it was like, wow, that is it sounds pompous to me that someone's going to be able to go and just say that they get to do whatever they want to do or they're not going to. Because then it, 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 it translated to me of this zone where it was like, you're not going to make a living. And then it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter anymore in a couple whatevers because you're not going to have your money for rent. I know that really that really simplifies things, but it puts shit into perspective. Um, you know where like suddenly I don't know. I, I wasn't all that bummed to go to work anymore when you when you flip it on that. You know now now I've made some moves in my life to try to like go and jump out of situations that maybe I wasn't being you know I wasn't being the best worker or the best whatever in. Um, and, and that was that was tough, but, you know, or, or, or you know, it was also, like, cathartic to go do. But, you know, while I was on the clock for someone, I worked hard. I You know, I can honestly say that. You know, I, I worked hard. I, I tried to be a good citizen. I tried to be a good helper. If they wanted me to stay late, I would absolutely stay late. Like, all those basic things, you know. Like, I'm proud of that, you know. And, I mean, that just comes back to, like, how I worked, like, this, this the moment I'm – while we're talking right now, I'm, I'm tuning up images for the book. It's mindless stuff, but no one else is going to do it. I have to do it, and I have to get it done because you know we're I got a I got a book deal, and I can count on your vote next uh, April to buy one. You better get one. You better get one. You better get the special edition too. I mean, I'm promising. Okay, good. That's three now. I, uh, three. There's only nine thousand nine hundred ninety-seven to go, but uh, you know I think it's. I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be okay. But you, you know. Even if I don't sell, you know, all of them or whatever, I still got to make the, the, the thing. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. So here's what I loved about that. I love love how honest it is. I love this approach to – you know, I've, I always felt the same way looking up to the industry leaders and the people that would – kind of say, oh, don't take this job, don't do that, you know, make sure you're always doing this. And I think it's great to be in a position to be able to turn down work and and pick and choose what you want to do. But if you're just starting out, you have to make your own calls. You have to say what your own values are. And it's good for people in the industry, for newcomers to refuse low fees. So it's good for everybody to make sure that you're asking and demanding the right prices because it keeps the prices high. 
But sometimes that advice from the leaders of the industry is kind of selfish because they don't want you undercutting them. And so I just really appreciate this idea that, you know, starting out, you don't always get to choose exactly how things go and you shouldn't be ashamed of having to take those smaller jobs or to have that little peon graphic design job starting out. And I think there's no shame in that and you got to start somewhere. And so I think that that is really great advice. All right, here's a little bit more. I've seen kids who, who totally had it and, did, and didn't utilize it. Okay, I've seen that. And that's a bummer because it's like they don't have what the kid next, you know, they have what the kid next to them doesn't have, and then they're, they're like sleeping in class. I saw some of that stuff, right? So then the kid who had to really go and do it and maybe didn't have the same results, like I've seen both of those where the guy totally pulled it off later on because he worked, he just worked super hard, you know, and that's, that's just, that's the answer. It's going to take work. Anyone can develop this stuff. I, you know, do, do I consider that I have more, t- I don't really care. You know, I did teach myself how to make logos. I did teach myself how to work hard and love this stuff. I taught myself those things. You know, we're taught, we're trained in other ways that get a little weird to where, um, you know, I don't know, you know, people will sort of, um, uh, I don't know. It's like, you know, just sort of like, 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 you know, it's like the kid who like says, I can't even draw. Why am I doing this stuff? I'll just stop them and say, do you, do you like this? You know, do you like this stuff? Cause I mean, you can, you're doing, you know, I mean like, I don't know. I, I, I just was never really around like the people saying, you know, no or something, you know? I, I was told, yeah, you can. You want to be, a, you want to be an illustrator? Let's let's get you some pen. My parents, you know, let's get you some pens and stuff, and 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 let's just go for it. My dad was never a master woodworker, but he was absolutely a master woodworker because he just taught himself how to do it, you know. And then you know you're you're around that, so it creates this sort of like, you know, it creates this like um, you don't know any better kind of thing, like because no one's told you that you don't have it or something. Well, that's just that's just weird anyway. So. You know, I think you being a teacher, you know, is like a really cool privilege because you get to guide this little punk kid, you know. And, and it's like, you know, if you were to tell them the day they started class, you don't have what it takes, get out of here. You know, that's like, that's insane. If you just start, you know, and say, you guys all totally have this. Let's just get going. It just changes the tone. Well, that's when I'm, you know, when I'm 42 years old, that's the same deal. You know, like that's how I look at all this, all this crap, you know, I was like, you know, like what was I just, what I just had to, oh, uh, something for the book. I had to, I can't remember, but it was like, I wasn't comfortable because I, you know, I don't know what I'm doing or whatever the deal was. And it was like, I just had to slow myself down and be like, you know what, this isn't all that rough. You can figure it out. You just got to go slow, go do some searches on the web, you know, <laughs> figure stuff out, you know, learn this, learn that. And you know what? Before I knew it, I had the way of like, oh, software stuff. And, and you know, with a couple web searches, I had trained myself how to be more efficient to get this stuff into the document, you know. And it was just like, you know, up to that point, I wouldn't have known how to even really use uh, pages or whatever it was that effectively. But after that, I kind of had it down, you know, and that's just a weird thing because now we're in this zone where like, 
you see guys who are, you know, you can buy a book and a, and a seminar and they're learning and they're learning and they're learning and there's nothing wrong with that. It's great, really. So here we were just talking about talent versus work ethic and it's something that I've talked about on the show before, but it's probably one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in my career to date. I spent so much time early on worrying about whether I had it or I didn't have it. I think we spend so much time wrapped up in this. I don't even know what it is, like worrying about whether we're destined to be commercial artists or not, or we have the special sauce or we don't. And I and honestly, all of that worrying and all of that energy spent thinking about whether we really have the potential or not is just completely a waste of time. And if you use all of that energy and all of that, I don't know, anxiety towards actually getting better and figuring out, use all that energy to figure out what is it that I actually want from this career? Which direction do I really, really want to go? Do I feel it in my gut? Where do where am I trying to take this career? And if you spend all that energy figuring that out, once you really figure out and chart a path, spend all that time and energy just working on getting better because I really believe that if you really, really want something in your commercial art career, that is the most important thing to know. And spending all the time and energy working on getting better is the best time spent. So I think he's totally right. And um, yeah, I think those are like really encouraging words for anybody out there that struggles with this idea of, you know, I really want to do this thing, but I really don't know if I'm cut out for it. Just forget it. Quit asking yourself that question and just get your head down and work on it. So next I asked Draplin about how for a whole career, how has he stayed so hungry and motivated and busy and worked so hard at it? And here's Draplin riffing on that subject. So where I'm from, it gets a little bit, you know, economically challenged. You know, it's it's like, you know, there's Northern Michigan, there's some rough, there's some rough patches. Michigan, there's some rough patches. So when you're raised around that, like I didn't really even know that my parents had some rough years. I didn't really know because they were cool. They were, you know, it was like, there was a lot of love in the house. There was Legos. Um, there was creativity. So we were surrounded by all this cool stuff and you don't really know. So you're, you're like shielded from it. And then years later you find out, you know, it's like, well, all these years later, that still motivates me because it just scares me that things could get rough, you know, like things, you know, I, well, I remember when I, you know, got out of school and I, I just wanted to go make a living, right? And um, I remember being sort of made fun of that uh, by teachers and maybe colleagues around Minneapolis because they were just like, they were being pushed into these loftier things, you know, um, and, and that was too pedestrian to say that but that is just the the long and the short of this stuff is like i don't i didn't want to be in a position where i i wouldn't have enough to pay my bills or pay my life or pay for any of that stuff and i'm you know i'm just here to tell you that's precisely what motivated me to, to to work hard you know and then somewhere and it always feels weird but be selfish to think that i'm gonna actually like it too like that still feels like a premium to me that I actually get to like my, my, my job and my life because 
in some respects around me, that's not what I saw. You know, I saw I saw the contrary where it was it was a bit scary and it was like, you know, then people get jaded and then, you know, and then it's just scary all around, you know, and, and I didn't want, I don't ever want to be one of those guys. I still don't want to be one of those guys. You know, I remember one time we had a guy come into my, my school. I went to a community college and a guy came into our class who worked for some local, like, um, it's called Whitmark. It was like a, a showroom kind of deal where you'd go, you know, it was like a, it was like a target or something, but this Whitmark thing, um, this guy came in and, and he was just, I don't want to say he was negative, but he was already over it. You know, whatever that terminology was for 1991, he was done. He was done. And he was he was just really odd about it. Like he just, you know, here he is telling us what he does. And he was so bitter about what he, maybe it didn't work out for him or whatever. But it just really painted this picture of like, oh, like this is going to be a little bit rougher than all of us have any idea about really and it scared it scared me so it's like those moments where you when you get to hear from a guy that's supposed to be one of the big professionals in your town and then you know you show up and he is just kind of like you know i mean he shows up and, and you're supposed to i don't even know what you know like um he's supposed to like inspire you and it's something completely different it was scary it was scary you know because it was like i don't want to be that guy and i don't want to be in that i don't want to be in that um you know, position where I'm caught. So, uh, you know, it's that kind of stuff. To this day, it still freaks me out, you know, and I don't, I, you know, I, I work super hard. I work late. You know, I, I, I love it. I love being in here. It doesn't really feel like a job, but that's what motivates me. You know, I don't want to, I want to be, you know, be a good provider for my, 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 my girl and my mom and my sisters. And isn't it just cool that you can do it with graphic design? Like that to me still feels I feel really lucky for it, you know. I feel feel really, really lucky for that because that's not been the case in some other things around me. You know, it was tougher. Someone didn't get the respect. Someone didn't get the good job. Someone lost the job. Someone got you know pushed out of the job because of like, you know, someone was playing favorites. I've seen some weird things, you know, and you know. So you just you know every that stuff's on the tip of your tongue and then every time you sit down to work you're kind of you're kind of thinking about it you know and you're working hard and you know it just kind of haunts you so there's there's a little bit of that you know there's a little bit of that i don't know is that does any of this even make sense i don't know i'm talking so much you know i loved this because i also came from a background where we had enough uh, but you know on my mom's side of the family or her life and my dad's extended family there were a lot of people that you know at times didn't have enough and I was aware of that and I could see that and I also grew up around friends that sometimes you know came from families that didn't didn't have everything that they needed and I guess what I get discouraged with sometimes is in our industry we get these guys that haven't touched that side of life or at least don't acknowledge that they have and they come from these art school backgrounds and everything's very lofty but I sometimes worry about what about the kid that is super talented artistically passionate about the field but feels like an outsider because he can't do the fancy pants talk and walk and he has to just worry about making ends meet especially early on and I think there are those people who feel like 
this world is not for them. And so I think that it's really important that we acknowledge that, you know what, you don't have to come back, you don't have to come from the the fancy high-end side of art. You can come from, you can come just like Drake from, you know, come from the bottom, right? And now... <laughs> <laughs> now we're here, right? You you don't have to be you don't have to have these lofty ideas um, to get started. And yeah, now Draplin's doing the big jobs and doing these awesome things with his art, but it wasn't always like that, and that's totally fine. And so I think we need to make room for growth and learning, and no shame in getting started, and and just being okay with starting from scratch. You know, you know, my first job was at this thing called the nickel ads and there is nothing, nothing cool about it. Like I was, I was redesigning things for ranchers, like ads for ranchers to sell big trailers and stuff. You know, this is in central Oregon, but I remember it being enough for me to get past any of the lament that I wasn't, first of all, that I wasn't getting paid anything. I was getting paid like four or five bucks an hour. And then I remember still being thankful for the fact that I didn't have to work in a pizza job. Because you see what I'm saying? In that moment, it was not only a jump up the food chain because I got to work in design, but I was still just excited that I didn't have to go get dirty making pizza. My job before this was making pizza, right? I had a pizza job out on Highway you know, 20. And I'd have to ride my bike all the way out there, which is crazy. You know, and I have to, and then, you know, like here was, like, I didn't even have to ride my bike as far. That was exciting to me. I didn't have to make, you know, be dirty and be around like mean cooks. And then I got to work and be clean. So here's the thing. It's like, why, why was that enough for me? Because I, you know, I I don't know. I was raised where like, you know, I'm sure the grass is always greener, but it's like, I was raised by like, I don't know, like be thankful for what you have you know, and be able to size it up. And like, you know, here's the thing is like some guy in a position to go and say, take these jobs, take those jobs. That's cool. But he better tell them, he better tell those kids how he got to that point. They got to that point because that's not what people do. You know, they get up there and say, it's just going to be this. That's not, that's not, that's misleading. That's misleading. You know, I mean, you, you You've seen the show, and I'll, I'll go up there and I'll say, here's what it took to get to this. That's just, I mean, it's only fair, you know, but. So, you know, the idea that some kid's going to get out and it's going to be rough, at least you're not in your pizza job. There you go. That's a, That should be enough. That should be enough. It's guaranteed that it's going to be rough. Let's just, just call it what it is. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. What is rough? It's rough to have to go to work every day. What about the guy who's like, you know, doesn't have that opportunity? I mean, this is the this is I mean, this is the meat of this stuff. It's like, how dare anybody even think that? You know, I mean, it's like, you see what I'm saying? It's like for some kid, like like not only are you in art school, you turd, but you're alive. You're alive. You have all of your fingers. You have all your everything's working, and this is see. And this is what you're worried about. You're worried that like you're not going to go. If you go and you, you have to do the worst job of your life, at least you get to do it in graphic design. There you go. You know, isn't that just funny that like that's something that anybody even gets to even entertain? You know that like 
oh, I'm so sad, or I get so, you know, whatever. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I was around just a, just a smidge of that stuff to freak me out. That's all. I was just around just enough of it to make me like, uh-oh, you know, that's weird. That one's weird. You know, this one, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, a, it's a weird thing. I'm really grateful to have this kind of candid conversation about money because I think often when it comes to, you know, the conferences and the talks, we often feel like we need to brand ourselves like we have it all figured out. And so often that's misleading, especially to the young people starting out. And I have a real interest and heart and passion for helping people that are just starting out and trying to figure this whole thing out. And I think there's so much shame and worrying that comes along with the fact that this is not an easy profession to hit it big in, right? And so those are just important things to think about. After this, we kind of transition to talking about craft and how you get good at something. We talk about how you know, Hunter S. Thompson actually was known for writing word-for-word classic books like The Great Gatsby just to get a vibe for what it felt like to write a great novel. And I've always been inspired by stand-up comedians in their, you know, in their journey. They always talk about immersing themselves within stand-up comedy studying the greats, really studying every little tiny move. And of course, this is reflected in Draplin's education, educating himself. Listen in. There's so, so many elements to that. You know, you have to go back. It's like layers of sediment. You have to go back and you have to say, you have to go back to like, okay, we're going to go way back to the, you know, to the, to the crustaceous period or whatever you call it. Because when you go back and you when when you look at that and you kind of say, I remember, I I knew how to use freehand, which is you know sounds archaic, you know like oh you know I used a tool to like carve stuff out of stone or something you know, but I but I remember when it flipped over and I had to start using Illustrator, because it wasn't as competitive. I could get a version you know Photoshop Illustrator they they worked better together. Um, it was tough. But it just really, like, you know, like, I, I had to trick myself. I had to kind of trick myself into, like, you know, enjoying it and stuff. And and it was like, um, uh, I don't know how to say it. It's like, I, I remember taking a Coke can. And this was on a Friday night. Like, everybody else, I remember they're out drinking, you know, whatever. You know, and, 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 and you know, rip, whipping around and stuff. And it was like, you know, like, I remember I took a Coke can and I learned... I learned how to how to redraw it, you know, like an illustrator. I taught myself all the way through how to make the little teeny little like fizzy bubbles. I taught myself how to redraw the type. I taught myself how to make it look rendered like three, you know, like and I, you know what? I don't even have the file. I'd love to like send you the file to show you what I'm talking about because I remember that being a triumph for me to be like, wow, this took a lot of work. But there's no other way to learn this stuff. I mean, I'm just gonna have to, I'm just gonna have to kind of like, you know, go crazy and and learn it. So, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Inherently, I just knew like, okay, there's gonna be like, just look at the range of stuff here. You know, there is gonna be, 
you know, you look at the range of stuff there, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, there's just, there's so many opportunities to like, you know, and I, I don't know, there was like, there was a game quality to it also, you know, like, so it was like a little game, you know, I just want to, I want to learn and I want to, I want to figure out how this works. And, um, yeah, so I don't know, you know, it's like, it's, fu- it's, it's just funny when you trick yourself and then you're starting to learn because it started to become fun. And then when it became fun, you know, then it, then it was fun. Then it was fun. It wasn't this thing where it was this battle. It was like, it was totally fun to start to learn. Like, isn't that just weird? Like any kid who's in class who's freaking out, you know, it's like, well, you know, go make this stuff a hobby first. That's one of my, okay. I get all these, I get all these questions. You're like, why this, why that? And then, you know what they're starting to do? They're starting to turn into these funny little things where it's like, they're like little quips. Like, I, like I, you know, that like little bumper stickers or something that I'll say. And that's one. That's kind of one of my bumper stickers. It's like, man, this stuff was definitely a, a hobby way before it became a job. So that, that means I, I, never, I never really had to fight to learn. You know, it didn't feel like that. It felt just fun. How cool, how cool is that? You know, there's, you know, I don't know. That's stuff I think about. I think the interesting point here is making sure that you balance your career, your pursuit to make a living with your interest and what works for you and what you're naturally inclined to do. I think so many times you see these kids, they're trying to white knuckle their way to what they think is on trend. You know, they they try to force themselves to learn all the skills and all the things that they think are going to be in demand. And although I think it's important to kind of pay mind to that, at the end of the day, you've got to gamify the thing, like Draplin said. I think you have to lean into your natural curiosities and interests. And when you do that, learning all of a sudden doesn't become this giant chore. So I think he's absolutely right. Well, well, I think here's some here's a way to learn this stuff. Go make something for your friend's band. I know that that sounds a little like oh, we've heard this out of Draplin forty three thousand times, but but it's the truth. It's like you know, then you're then you're using design for something that's not for a grade. You're using design for something that's not for um, some kind of crass commercial whatever you know. And it's that, I don't know. That's really interesting to me. That's like that is suddenly like refreshing to us that you know like we're using design or something that's just for fun because that that's really when you know like i just didn't have you know it's not like it was really a plan of attack i didn't have any other opportunities you know and then you know so you teach yourself because you know in the little world around you <coughs> excuse me you're you're you're, you're lear- you know you're learning how to use this stuff you know and then before you know it, you're, you're you're making a living with it. Like that is just so cool. To this day, it's still so cool to me that like you know I don't know that like the moment that it shifted from just being a hobby to actually making a living, it's it did not feel like work work work. It just was cool. You know, it was just cool. Next up, he's going to talk about a little subject called being broke. Now. Uh, Early on in my career, I had moments where we were broke, and I always feel nervous, and I think out of responsibility, lots of people feel this way. I always feel nervous about suggesting taking risks to other people. 
you know, having the faith to step out and do things that maybe are a little risky. You know, it doesn't feel responsible uh, encouraging other people to do that. But the truth is, early on, there were tight moments. There were moments where I didn't know what was going to happen. And uh, this is Draplin speaking on that a little bit. Yeah, well, right. I mean... I mean, here you know. Here's the thing: is well, here's another great motivator: being broke. What about just being regular old broke? I'll tell you what: you'll you'll quickly you'll quickly get your act together when you're when you're just regular old broke. You know, like I've been, I, I've been, uh, I've been broke a couple times to where it was embarrassing, or it was scary, or whatever you want to call it. You know, and I, I'll just never that taste. You know, going back to the motivating thing. You know, that motivates me. I, I, it's not that I was ever like destitute or anything scary. I just didn't have the resources to go do what I wanted to go do, which is basically like buy a computer or whatever it was, right? And I had to go without. That's why I went to Alaska because that's the only way I could get that computer was to go up there and work. You know, and I was embarrassed because there were other sort of people that were just kind of like up there because it was fun. You know, like, oh, I just want to have a fun summer. Like, that's not why I was up there. I was up there because I was I was having to work. And, you know, that, that you know, can get become really insidious sometimes, too. You know, like you can just become really poisonous that you're like beating yourself up over, you know, that stuff. But you know what? That's some people. That's their path. So so it's so a big deal. So that's pretty much it. That's all she wrote. I hope that you enjoyed this kind of low-key but informative, encouraging, honest conversation that I had with Draplin and all these great thoughts that he brought to the table. I hope you appreciate the time that he took out to do this. I definitely do. Thank you so much, Aaron. means a lot to me that you would uh, be part of the show and share these ideas with the listeners. I'm sure they're going to get tons out of it. Uh, don't forget, you can check this show out at illustrationage.com slash talk. It means so much to me, all the love and support you guys have put into the show um, and all the sharing and, and just love that you've put out there because you know what? This is a labor of love in so many ways and... Yeah, I, I, I try to bring the best stuff I can every week. So thanks, Draplin, for helping me make that happen this week. And I'm going to let him close out the show. Thanks, guys. Speak soon. Well, yeah, well, I'm, well thanks for having me, man. I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I wish I would have heard a little bit of, you know, kind of what we're, what we're rapping about, you know, a while ago, you know, because... I, you know, when I was, when I, you know, it's like, it's, you spend time inventing it for yourself, you know, and then you got to jump on certain things and certain stuff, but it's like, you know, I don't know, you know, it's weird because, I don't know, it's weird because, you know, if I would have heard like, it's okay, you can chill out a little bit and just enjoy yourself, that would have been so much better to hear that, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't hear that, I heard, you know, it's going to be, you know, I, I just didn't hear anything, really. You know, and and it's you know when I when I finally got to that point where, you know, um, I don't know. You know, it's like I it wasn't a job; it was just fun. 
you know, it, it's like, you know, I, I just was so thankful that, like, I just, I don't know, that I just didn't get sort of, like, um, uh, tainted with, like, oh, you're going to hate all this stuff, you're going to hate everything, you know, whatever, you know, not tainted, or like, you know, like, you know, like, like, that's trained like anything else. It's trained to be, like, you know, to think that, you know, you have the right to, <laughs> like, complain about everything. And listen, I'm, I'm human. I'm human. I do it. I get mad. I get, you know, I get nasty. I get mean. I cry. Freak out. Whatever. I, I, I mean, serious. You know, whatever. You know, and it's like, but, you know, I can always brown myself. I can always, I can always come on, I can fl come flying back to, like, everything's cool. Everything's cool. I'm lucky to be alive. <laughs> you know, I'm lucky, lucky to be, you know, my heart's beating, you know, this kind of stuff. So, 